Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Real and True Podcast. I'm your host, Edmund Mitchell. And I'm your host, Emily Bentock. And we're back with another episode because another unit is out. Unit, unit three. Unit three is out. Uh, this podcast is for us to discuss the unit of videos in more detail, dive deeper into the content, and share a bit of the behind the scenes of the mission and vision of Real and True. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm excited about this unit. I mean, we think all the units are great, but this one's pretty great. It, it is good. I think the explanation video for this is probably my favorite of these first three that we've done. Mine's Pretty. a proclamation. Th- this is my favorite of all the proclamations. Well, it features videos. your kids. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, what's the thesis of Unit 3 that kind of all these videos fall under? The thesis of Unit 3 is God desires to reveal himself to us. And the paragraphs we're covering in the catechism are paragraphs 50 to 141 for those of you following along at home. And if you're listening to this and haven't watched the videos, please go watch them. Three videos. Well, and this is the fourth one you're watching right now. There you go. <laughs> and so the proclamation video is what what selfies tell us about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the explanation video is what does God or how does God reveal himself to us? Mm-hmm. And then the connection video is the big three, yep. scripture, tradition, and the magisterium. Yep. So go watch these videos if you haven't. So uh, this first video, so again, our thesis, God desires to reveal himself to us. And just to remind everyone, that thesis is kind of, we prayerfully thought of a sentence to hang all of these pieces of content together around. You know, God's trying to reveal reveal himself to us. So how do we break that open with the proclamation video? How do we dive deeper with the explanation? And then how do we have fun with it in the connection video? Yeah. So this first one, uh, the proclamation video, what selfies tell us about ourselves. This was a really fun one. This is one of my favorites. And it starts off with my kids walking around with this toy camera and taking these photos. And then they start taking pictures of them of themselves and this, you know, phenomenon of selfies. And I think it is a phenomenon, not even, you know, specific just to your kids, but every time you give a baby like a phone or a toddler, right? Like they, they know how to take pictures of themselves and they think it's funny to look at themselves and and do that. And it's selfies. It's like, well, what we are asking the question, what does it tell us about ourselves? Because if God desires to reveal himself and through taking selfies and sharing Mm -hmm. selfies, it's how we tell others about ourselves in the world then, and we're made in God's image and likeness, then what can we learn from this? Yeah. In the proclamation videos, we really try to explore the human experience and open up people to the curiosity and wonder of the world. And we know that the world and our human experience, like we've said in previous um, units, like we can find God, we can find glimpses of God. And so if we have this desire for selfies, it can be, it can be tempting to just think it's a negative thing. Right. And we, you know, it's interesting because we, we, picked selfies thinking it would be a universal experience but naturally we interviewed someone who swears he doesn't take selfies oh my gosh yeah ian (laughs) but he does believe in the power of self-portraits yeah it's there's a technical distinction there yeah so we went back a little further like where did where does this idea of selfies come from or it doesn't have like a a longer history and we thought about self-portraits and what is it that we really want people to know about us when they see us or they or when we capture an image of ourselves? Right, because really the we we want to put that selfies you mentioned it can be in a negative light. We want to put them in a little bit more of a universal experience that it's not just an obsession with ourselves or having access to cameras mm. easily or you know whatever influencing the world around us with photos of ourselves, but really okay, revealing ourselves, sharing a piece of ourselves with others or with the world is something that goes back even before cameras existed yeah. that there was artists and um people who would do that yeah so this is a fun one um is there anything from the proclamation video that stood out to you from the behind the scenes i'm trying to think some of the things definitely the little toy camera is actually a camera from our house right and i had to give that to jp so he could like animate it 
and make a version of it. You guys kind of came over and, and uh, recreated some of the shoots, right? So you yeah. got a picture of your son using the camera yeah. to take a selfie. Yeah, yeah. That was really fun. Um, and what else? That video. Yeah. So I just encourage people to go watch it. I don't want to spoil too much of it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, it was fun. And I really like just, again, the way you can take something that's a trend now. We did this a little bit in Proclamation, too, as well with the genetic testing. It's like take something that's a universal experience in the modern world, connect it to the larger sort of human universal experience even you know throughout time. And yeah. then, okay, if this is an innate human thing, it's how we're made. It's our nature. We're made in the image and likeness of God. Then what can we learn about God from that? And so what we're really hoping for for the audience at the end of the video is that by thinking about what are they trying to reveal about themselves through selfies, and then therefore, doesn't it make sense that God would want to reveal himself too, yeah. setting up uh, you know, this question of revelation and that God desires it, which we get more into in the other videos. Yeah, I think if you just heard God desires to reveal himself to you, you'd be like, I don't understand anything about that. But if you could connect it to something we can relate to. Oh, I desire to re- reveal myself to the world and to other people. It's a little, it's a little easier to start wrapping your head around. Like, okay, I can, I can relate to that desire to reveal mm-hmm. something about yourself, um, and God does it in a very powerful way. And y- your favorite uh, paragraph from the section yes. is also about revelation. Let's go to our standout catechism paragraph. Um, so every unit we pick kind of our favorite, and we encourage people to prayerfully go through the section of the catechism with us and find one that stands out to you and maybe comment on the video, your favorite paragraph. Um, So mine from this section is paragraph 68 from the catechism. And it says this, by love, God has revealed himself and given himself to man. He has thus provided the definitive superabundant answer to the questions that man asks himself about the meaning and purpose of his life. Um, I love this one. I just love the first couple words. By love, God has revealed himself. Um, I just think that's really great. You know, we think about revelation or especially if we grew up um, in a Christian home or a Catholic home, God, we hear God loves you. God wants you to know things about him. God, God wants you to know that he loves you. Um, but I love this idea that by love, God has revealed himself, meaning like he's revealed himself not just because he wants you to obey him or believe in him. Um, he's revealed himself through love. And it reminds me of this story I heard uh, when I was in college that did not make it into the proclamation video. It was a pitch. It was, it was a pitch. It was a very good Maybe pitch. Maybe not quite universal enough, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we can share it now. Yeah, I'll share it now. So uh, the way I heard this story was that a long time ago, Jewish wedding feasts, the celebration of a Jewish wedding, um, went a particular way where the groom would go away and prepare a tent, like a wedding tent and a place, uh, kind of a home or a tent for his bride. And his bride would be in a different part of the village and would be preparing for the wedding. And she wouldn't know when the wedding was going to be exactly. She just the bride kn- didn't know? The bride didn't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it has all these, you know, you can read back through scripture and, you know, the the virgins who are waiting for the groom and the bride or all, all these things of like waiting for when is this wedding feast? When is this wedding feast? Well, cause the groom is preparing a place for the bride and preparing for the wedding. And then when he's ready, him and all of his groomsmen and the whole village kind of get together and start singing Psalms and, and celebrating and they get this chair and they kind of process to the bride and they would pick her up on this big chair and kind of, per, um, parade her through the town. Right. But um, 
before this would happen, the bride, as she's getting prepared, people would come with gifts for the bride. And the way it was explained to me was often there would be like cloths or yeah, like special cloths and stuff that would be laid over the bride. Yeah. Veiling her, you know, this idea of a veil. Right. And there'd be all of these things kind of laid on top of her uh, in this decorative manner. And then she'd be paraded to the wedding tent and then, at the wedding tent is where um, she would be revealed, right? And the groom would be slowly, you know, revealing his bride, you know? And this idea that the that's where we get this word revelation. And the revelation of God throughout time has been a slow revelation that's gradual and in stages, seeing more and more of who God is. More intimate, drawing closer. Yeah, and not just an intellectual knowledge of him, but him giving himself, like revealing himself slowly to us, you know, like, and not just revealing himself, but revealing who we are because we're the bride of Christ, right? So by revealing who he is, he's also revealing who we are and that we're made for relationship. We're made for this, this wedding, you know, this relationship with him. So that's why I love this paragraph. It just reminds me, you know, by love, God has revealed himself to us. Um, and that it's not just intellectual knowledge. And it's not just that we would be good people. Um, you know, God came not to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive in this relationship with him. They, well, thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> yeah, so follow I, that. Yeah. Well, What's yours? I think, well, I think even you kind of explained, okay, what, the, what was this Jewish tradition yeah. then, uh, how, or Hebrew tradition, and then uh, the, the references to weddings and wedding feasts and preparing the bride and things like that that we hear in Scripture. And yeah. so like, it, it gives so much more a richness to the context of what do we know about Revelation or even how now in the catechism like we're taking what's from Scripture and tradition to then understand even now how how God reveals himself yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's great. And I think that the um, that like reve- revealing of both parties to enter into relationship mm-hmm. is a really important part. That And the gradually, that was a key in the video. We'll talk more about explanation video in a yeah. second. But that was a really key theme that we focused on in the script so that people would see that what we know about God, it wasn't just like – uh, one moment in time, God dropped the Bible on somebody, and then yeah. that was what we knew about Him. And it's not that um, that it's this never ending relation or revelation either. It's actually that they're in these moments of time through certain people in the Bible, Abraham, mm-hmm. Moses, and then through Jesus. That is what we have seen as the direct de- revelation of God. Yeah, yeah. And everything now has been just you know the tradition, richness of exploring yeah. that. There's like a f- well, not finite, but there's a set amount. The deposit of faith, there's a set amount that God wanted to reveal about who he is, and he's not giving it to you just so you intellectually understand it. He's giving it to you because he wants you to respond to it. So every bit of revelation is this um, invitation to a response to right. who God is. And the, our interpretation of that, um, we do talk about this at the end of the explanation video and then a lot in the connection video, is that it's the magisterium. It has yeah. a job, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the magisterium is one of those like big church words I think yeah. everyone memorizes in school. Mm-hmm. But what does it really mean? Yeah, so uh, it comes from this word meaning the teacher, and it's um, the teaching office of the church that can authoritatively interpret scripture and tradition. So... Jesus entrusted the church with the apostles and the bishops who guard and protect the deposit of faith that's been revealed and so that it would never change throughout all of time. Now, we can grow and deepen our understanding of it, but it never changes. It's never mutilated or 
you know, it's not that at one point we believed one thing and then like years later we believed the opposite. Um, It can grow organically in our understanding of it, but the teaching office of the church has this special grace um, given to it by the Holy Spirit to guard and protect authoritatively and accurately and with fidelity the teaching so that we can trust that today, a thousand years from now, the same deposit of faith that God wants to reveal is there for us and it's whole and entire and intact and it hasn't been mutilated or taken away from. Uh, it's the same revelation yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Which and can, and that what the magisterium can then give us is help define the dogmas around our mm-hmm. faith, which mm-hmm. kind of brings me to my favorite okay. paragraph section. Lay so it on us. It's uh, eighty nine. I have it saved here. Um, I won't read the whole thing, but the the this is the part that stood out to me that I think just again tied this section of the catechism to what kind of helping uh, what we hope our target audience understands about the catechism as being relevant to their life. So if we think of the catechism as having the dogma, this is like the magisterium has helped guard the deposit of faith that is contained in this book. And this says there's an organic connection between our spiritual life and the dogmas. Mm. And that dogmas are lights along the path of faith that illuminate it and make it secure. So Mm. kind of defining that path to illuminate the path of faith and make it secure. And so I thought that was really um, relevant to sort of our mission of real and true that we want to uh, bring the catechism to light for the modern world as a living voice to the modern world to help illuminate that path of faith that Mm -hmm. young adult Catholics around the world are trying to walk or trying to find even sometimes. So I thought – and since magisterium and dogma are some of those big words that, you know, without – properly understanding them, they can feel like a little too heavy handed Mm. um, coming from the church. But I think that that puts them in the right sort of understanding that there are these uh, lights along the path. Yeah. I love that. Like walking in faith as this light that can guide us in, in darkness, you know, like I, I really like that. So let's move on to the explanation video and connection video. So the explanation video, um, what is the title for that? That's how does God reveal himself to us? Yes. And this one was great. We talk a lot about the stars. Yes. <laughs> we, you know, stars, stars are a recurring theme in all the videos. I know, yeah. There's just something so, like, you always think bigger picture. Well, like, I love space, astronauts, yeah. like, uh, that kind of stuff. So maybe I'm leaning on that too much. But this is a really good uh, video. We talk a lot, too, about how God desires to reveal himself because he's a father. He's not just right. this distant you know, he's not the force from Star Wars. He's not right. just this like far away thing. He wants to be really close to us. And in how understanding how he reveals himself to us, we um, can come to know and then trust that things like that are in the Bible or mm-hmm. that are church dogmas or what's in the catechism, um, that that comes from God, that that is what's been handed down through the Holy Spirit, protected by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as God's revelation of himself. Yeah. There was a point in the video that you want to talk about with you and JP. Right trying to talk through like what is the deposit of faith we were trying to get exactly right you know what making sure that we're presenting clearly this big concept of deposit of faith and so um, when we were originally reading through the script um, we were uh, kind of thinking oh there JP was thinking oh there's scripture and then there's the deposit of faith and I was like thinking that that meant you know tradition I was like no we need to think like scripture is 
part of the deposit of faith. Yeah. The deposit of faith is this bigger thing, and Scripture is a, like is woven into that mm-hmm. over time. So how do we think about it? And then he came up with this amazingly cool concept that you see in the explanation video of um, I mentioned my, my character in the video is like oh like the Bible, mm. and you see the Bible, and then you see um, when you start to explain uh, Scripture and tradition and the Magisterium as the the, the sort of guards and the foundation of the deposit of faith, and you see the Bible fit into this almost like DNA sequence or yeah, something yeah, yeah. that you see kind of moving through time. And I just thought one, that was one of our strongest visuals that mm. we've had so far that took something that he and I were just um, personally wrestling mm-hmm. with to making sure we were getting it right and our understanding was right. And then to see that Bible just fit into this beautiful sort of thread. Yeah. It reminds me that. of, um, there's a, man, I'm forgetting the paragraph, but there's a sentence in the catechism where it says, we don't believe in, in words and formulas, but in the realities they express. You know, like the words on the page are just words on a page. We don't believe in the words. We believe in the reality that it expresses. And scripture as like a physical book is, is not like the deposit of faith. It's a, it's a book, it's paper, it's words, but the reality expresses is, you know, the speech of God is written down in human words, inspired by the Holy spirit. Um, you have scripture tradition in the magisterium. They make this, this precious deposit of faith, you know, um, these three three legs of yeah. the foundation, yeah, yeah, yeah. which brings yeah, us yeah. to the connection video. Yeah, the connection video. So the connection video, uh, the foundation of that comes from this paragraph where it says that scripture, tradition, and the magisterium are so connected that one cannot stand without the other. And so I think sometimes we think of these things as all separate, but they're like we said, they're interconnected. Scripture, tradition, and the magisterium all uh, can't stand one without the other. You we can't have yeah, yeah like you can't we have, have like the accurate and deposite of faith without yeah. those three elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you wouldn't have. Um, you the church needs the magisterium and tradition in order to have said this is scripture, you know, right. and the same for all the others. Um, so that one was really fun. W- one thing that people <laughs> I wanted to tell people was Allie Hoffman sat on the stool. There's that part where she's sitting on the stool, and we had to like saw the leg or pretend to and saw the leg. And she's high up on yeah. a table. It wasn't she's just high a up on, on the table. Ground. And I just kept yelling like, "Do it for Jesus, Allie! Like, get up on that stool and like." really fall i'm gonna knock you off the stool yeah and so we did a few takes where she wasn't really falling i was like come on you really fall and we have so many like shots i think we have at least 20 takes of her trying to fall off the stool in a in like a believable way thank you Allie. thank you Allie. really putting her life on the line for jesus um so cool do we want to do a recap i mean this is the last unit of our pilot i mean our pilot was this was three units first three Three first three units, we were like, okay, let's get out there, let's try this, let's see if people respond to it, yeah. if this is the right experiment, what can we learn from it, mm-hmm. take a step back. And uh, in this pilot phase, super excited to announce that we did reach our goal of one million views across uh, across our platforms, our channels, crazy. our videos. So I can't yeah. imagine one million of anything. I guess one million M and M's. That'd be a would that be, a be this whole room full of M&Ms? probably. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's amazing because, you know, even for people who are maybe watching this, it's like, okay, yes, this is one video, one piece of it. But we have these videos in four languages Mm -hmm. on every social media platform, Mm -hmm. plus the podcast is on, you know, Spotify, Apple, all the things. And our website, we have people who are being directed to the website. So it's been really amazing to see uh, just the response to this and that we're getting comments from people all over the world who are finding – I mean – not not necessarily even the whole thing, but will resonate with one video really mm-hmm. strongly um, and comment in response to that. So I'm just really grateful for yeah. the way everyone supported that. Yeah, me too. And I think what's so awesome about it is we're taking the catechism 
and like through our response to it, like making something and then other people are responding to it. And it's just cool knowing that all of this is, is like centered around the catechism centered around, like we said, the revelation of God that's been revealed for love and, and by love. Yeah, we, you know, I always, um, when talking about the project, like to tell people that like our mission isn't to get people to pick up the catechism. I really feel that our mission is like the same as the catechism's mission, Mm. which is to help people encounter Christ Mm. by sharing the truths of our faith directly. And we hope that people by, you know, feeling less intimidated by the catechism do go and pick it up. We hope, you know, everyone can go and comment with their favorite paragraph from the section and things like that. But just to see, um, thinking creatively about the videos, but how do we bring this to life and totally aligned with what the catechism is trying to do to point back to Jesus Mm. um, as the mission of real and true. That's been just amazing to see play out over these three months yeah um i want to remind you know everyone our mission is to transform the letter into a living voice for the modern world and i'm excited for the next couple of units coming up we're working on unit four now mm-hmm. got those scripts written so they're That's in exciting. animation and none of this would be possible without the just amazing generosity of our Sunday visitor, yeah. OSB, yeah. who uh, is funding this project. We are so grateful for their uh, sort of partnership and mission. And, you know, we get a lot of questions, too, from the videos. We don't have the blue one on here today. But there's a, People are always commenting. You see, because you're such a catechism nerd, you own so many, mm-hmm. that uh, people are commenting about different catechisms that they see. And people always ask us where they can go and buy them. And the OSB bookstore has a bunch of different catechisms oh, that people can buy. So we've been commenting in response to that. Sweet. That's awesome. Is there anything else we want to tell people before we wrap up? Go subscribe on YouTube if you haven't and share the video with someone. Ask them what they think. Start yeah. a conversation. Well, especially, I mean, this first initially three units were, you know, they were a pilot. We wanted to learn from this, um, take those lessons into the rest of Pillar One moving forward. Um, but if you had a favorite video or one that really impacted you the most, you know, maybe think about kind of helping share your faith. Uh, the bishops talk about evangelizing catechesis uh, as what they're kind of on a mission toward right now. Um, and we want this to be a part of that. So if there's one video that really stood out to you, helped you, um, be more curious about your faith or understand the truth of our faith in a deep way. Maybe share that one video with someone today. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. And we will see you in the next unit. See you in unit four. Thank you. Thank you.